So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a fun guest coming back. Good friend of mine I've known uh, for a long a time, and I've watched grow from uh, basically from, I don't say rags to riches, but I'm going to say when you know, when he first started his company with a, with a couple of people and, and now he's got 40 people working for him and he's got, you, you know, done thousands and thousands of, of uh, real estate related uh, advertising campaigns for people. And, and, and basically this guy knows, you know, everybody in the know in the real estate sales game and, and what people are doing modern day to get more listings, mainly listings. Uh, but of course, buyers are byproduct of listings. So, so it's exciting. So, anyways, Matt Wagner's on the line. He was episode four ninety four, and then he was episode ninety two. Yes, he was in the top one hundred. I don't even know if you can hear that on iTunes anymore. <laughs> so old, but uh, but I got him back, and uh, he's better than ever. And I'm excited. We're going to get into some deep, deep stuff here. So, Matt, welcome back for the third time to Real Estate Rockstars. Man, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here, Pat. Pat, listen, I'm I'm proud of you for all the episodes you've done. I mean, some of these guys start a podcast and they're done after you know 20 episodes. But man, you're closing in a thousand. That's very impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scary almost. You know, <laughs> scary. Um, let's. Um, uh, what, first of all, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Matt, so they can get to know you better? Yeah. So I mean, I know I've kind of gotten a reputation as the radio guy around the industry, but. I was a radio guy that was working at Clear Channel Radio, and I happened. To, I was at the point working about fifty different accounts. I I loved it. It's what I did, and I happened to stumble across an agent named Jay Kinder. I basically doubled his business by using formulas that I knew would work on radio. And then one day at lunch, I was joking around, just saying, "Hey, how can I clone you by 30? He brings me to a conference. I wind up meeting all these agents, and I I slowly began to realize that really. I, and I, I give a lot of props to Russell Shaw, and he was a good friend of yours, and I got to know him and respect him. He was the only guy that was really doing radio the right way, and I just found a different way to do it. It just was a little bit of a different style, but, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to make it work. But he was the only guy that was doing it, but not teaching and not treating it as a business. He was a realtor. I realized there was an opportunity to go and leave Clear Channel and start a business that would basically train people on the right ways to use radio, whether it was a talk show, whether it was an endorsement, whether it was high frequency, whether it was a, you know, now TV and then now digital. 
there was just a lot of things that, that people could do. And then you just kind of, I didn't mass market. I just plucked one good agent and I, because I began to realize that these guys all knew each other. And, and I learned pretty fast that the best people making money were hanging at the bar after midnight. So mm. I would just go mm. and meet different good agents. And I, it's kind of like Will Smith said, right? You build a wall by starting with one brick, lay it perfectly, then lay the next brick, then the next brick. You know, and then before you know it, you know, here I'm, I'm in 200 markets and work with 200 agents, you know, doing, you know, millions of dollars in, in buying advertising. I needed a team. I built a team. So now we got a team of, you know, just, just hit 40, my 40th person that we added. And, you know, life's good. And you learn a lot of things along the way. You know, you've it's kind of neat watching your children grow. And I've seen people go from 70 transactions to now, you know, a dozen over, that have done over a thousand units. You know, it's just fun to watch that whole process. Let me slow so, you down. 12 of your clients are selling over a thousand houses a year. I, I won't say, I'll say I've worked with people because there's some people that have kind of moved yeah. on to bigger other things, but I've worked with people. I worked with over a dozen clients that have sold over 12, over a thousand units. Sold over a thousand units. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now you have over 200 essentially started out yeah. as one. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, really cool. So uh, let's talk about, and how many years has it been? It's been ex almost 15. It'll be 15 this September. 15 years, 15 years. All right. So 15 years dealing with top real estate agents. Boy, you must have patience and understanding. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Well, I mean, let, that. Let's talk about, you know, really, I want to talk about lessons you've learned from dealing with top agents, right? You got 200 top agents. Talk a little bit about the DNA of a top agent, but also, but there's some specific things that you wrote down we're going to dig into that are about how you went from zero to hero in 15 years. And we're going to touch on that too. But let's talk about the DNA of a top agent. You got 200 top agents. You've probably dealt with 400 of these men and women who are massively high achievers. What are, what are some of the common chords? I would say the common chords is that there are real estate doesn't, when you get your real estate license, they don't train you how to be a team. That's not part of the equation. So there's a lot of really good salespeople out there. And I think one thing I've learned over the years is to look for people that are business minded people not just good salesmen. What do I mean by that? You know, you come in, like I look at a Lance Loken that goes from, you know, zero to 83 million in three years. And clear then, businessman, clear, business, clear business, yep. zero agent. Yep. In fact, I don't tell you, I don't hire, I don't hire realtors. I hire business. I hire people that want to learn business, you know? So I think coming in with a plan or, and they, uh, if, and so they may not have come in as a business person, but they learn quickly to, to learn from those that are business people. They hire a coach, some hire two coaches, and, they're, and they implement the things their coach teaches them. And then they also surround themselves with other people that also run a business. Because let's face it, you're not going to hang too long with somebody. They're, they're going to make you feel really uncomfortable if you're, not, if you're running a, a shoddy business. Yeah, so I would say that's number one. Okay. You know, yeah, that's 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 one. So that's that's certainly and like one how, talk to me about how they all obviously they all embrace getting business 
over and above the sphere of influence. I think a lot of agents, like, you know, the only business, the only way they're going to, the only way in their mind that they're going to increase their businesses is to increase their sphere of influence. And we all know that, you know, there's only so much business you're going to do from your sphere and within your sphere, through your sphere, whatever. Some people will debate me on that, but uh, certainly the people that you're dealing with are like, look, I don't got... I'm going to do my spear, but I don't got time for that. I, I actually want non-spear business, somebody else's spear. I want my competitor's spear. So, so talk to me about that mindset of how they're using advertising and TV and, and just wanting to go after everyone else's spear. You know, I, I guess maybe this will answer the question, but I, I got a chance to meet and hang out and get to know Damon John from Shark Tank because of Barbara. And I, w- I wanted the one thing I really wanted to learn from him, he built his business on endorsements, right? Marketing, right? That's a big, so I figured he's got to have some intellectual things that he tries to tell people that illustrates the value of marketing. And so I got a chance to ask him, hey, Damon, so when you got, when you're business partners, how do you articulate the value of marketing in a business? And you know what his profound answer was? <laughs> He said, you know, I've just found over the years, either some people get it or they don't get it. Really? And I'm like, okay. But then the more I think about it, the more I've just found over the years that there are some agents that will battle you on analytics or on, you know, cost per point or cost per customer. And they, they want to scrutinize every aspect of, well, so how many phone calls am I going to get a month, you know, off this? And they're just way too analytical. They don't understand that the marketing and the guys, but a guy like Lance Loken, he not only looks at the numbers, for instance, or I look at a Rob Dukansky that's now, you know, doing close to 10 million GCI. While they look at the numbers to make sure that they're not costing them money, they see the bigger picture to realize that an endorsement like a Barbara Corcoran, that can help you land a good recruit. That can help you influence other people that will now refer you because, you know, because of who you're doing, because of who you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other intrinsic values to marketing. It could be it wakes up that past client that now refers you to somebody. The value of, of good marketing, some people either get it or they're always trying to chase down a number to, to quantify it. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, no, I love it. All right, yeah. The, well, the cool thing about uh, uh, what I've watched in you, Matt, is is you're a firm believer of the the concept, the philosophy of uh, one thing leads to another, right? I, I've had many people tell me that throughout my life, and I believe it too. Like, you don't know what the universe is going to bring, but one thing we do know is that one thing does lead to another. You don't know how that's going to happen, but it does, and essentially that's what. That you're saying with, with these people, they believe that one thing leads to another. I mean, they believe they they do the television, if they do the radio, you know, it's not just about how many calls they got or how many listings they got, but but it's also going to lead to more agents and it's going to lead to more, you know, introductions to other people and other things and other ideas. And one thing leads to another. It just it just blossoms, right? You know, it's an interesting example about that. So. You know, one of the guys we worked with recently, Gary Lavox at Rascal Flatts. So Brian Birds, he was also using that. So we got to go to their show in Denver. 
And we, I'll never forget, we're sitting here at Red Rocks, which is, if you've never been there, it's one I was of just there amazing. like two weeks ago, dude. Dude, awesome. Okay, so, Casey Musgraves. Musgraves. Yeah, wow. I, never, I didn't know who she was till, till like a week before I got there. But, um, but anyways, yeah, that was a cool, cool venue. That's, that's very cool. So we're sitting there. The guy next to him, in between the opening act and Rascal Flats, starts talking to Brian about, yeah, what do you do? So they started talking, winds up the guy's an investor and winds up coming down and spending, I got a million I want to invest in El Paso. What, what would you, what, what kind, how many properties could that buy? One of selling him six rental properties that he had just by going to a show with me and because he told him about the marketing that he does and why he was there. He would have never had that otherwise. You know, right. but it's, it's just one of those things you can't put. And he a, probably he, said that guy on stage endorses me. Right. He's like, yeah, here's my, he played him his spot. And it was like, wow, you know him. And, like, and, and, and what Matt is talking about is, his part, you know, one of, one of his gigs is, you know, he's all about the endorsement. Obviously, we're talking about endorsements um, here in, in, in Rascal Flats. The dude, uh, country music star, endorses his people. And endorsements works. I mean, that's why some of these basketball players and sports people, you know, get billions of dollars for smiling next to a, a, a sneaker that they basically looked at 10 and picked which one <laughs> felt like them, right? So in, in endorsements work, guys. I, I, I listened to a fascinating thing about endorsements the other day, and it was really about marketing, and it was about vodka. And the guy was saying, you know, People don't think about this, but vodka has no smell, right? That's why a lot of alcoholics drink vodka because you can't smell it during the freaking day. So vodka has no smell and, and virtually really has no taste. Some people would argue with that, but virtually has no taste. It's an alcoholic taste. Yet you go to a bar or a liquor store and there's 20 vodkas and they're all different, right? Grey Goose is different than Chirac. It's different than, you know, Kettle One and all this. And, but they're, it's all marketing, Right, it's all marketing. So to say that by P. Diddy endorsing Ciroc and by, you know, Conor McGregor endorsing his Irish whiskey or whatever that it doesn't work is false. It 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 freaking works, right? Well, remember I mean, uh, the Super Bowl. Remember the, the when when uh, buy the drink buy came out and they wanted to sell it and they had they had. Christopher Walken, what? there was what? A, a drink called Bai, B-A-I. Okay. So to market it, they launched it at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like the coconut. I like and the then coconut, they had, yeah, yeah. And they had Christopher Walken trying to sing Bye Bye Bye, and Justin Timberlake sitting next to him, yeah, yeah. shaking his head. I mean, you don't forget it, right? What are you saying at the Super Bowl? <laughs> bye, 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 pretty clever, right? You go yeah. out and buy it and you drink it. But the fact is the Super Bowl, the biggest, most expensive day, even Gary Vaynerchuk said, it's like, the, the best place you could ever advertise because you've got a captive audience count, try to count how many endorsements you see in those ads. It, it's dozens, all the big Papa John's. I mean, look at all, look, you know, what, what do they have? Brad Paisley and, uh, and Peyton Manning are doing a, a nationwide insurance commercial. What do those guys have to do with insurance? Nothing. Right. right. But you remember it and you know what? It makes people stop, look and listen. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions about it is that, yeah, it might cost a little bit of money, but to stand out from the clutter, to be, to be memorable, to be that, that thing that someone talks about at the coffee, you know, the coffee pot the next day or the, the water cooler, that's what it does. 
it gets people to stop and care. It works. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. And he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. It's Team Tober here at Rebus University, and we're running a special for Real Estate Rockstar Nation. This special is going to save you 90% on your team's real estate training and the cool thing is as a team leader you don't got to do nothing just put your team to work on this incredible training here's how it works this week it's the certified buyer agent course buy the certified buyer agent course yes carrie shaw a billion dollar realtor whose agents average a quarter of a million dollars in gross commissions each teaches this exclusive course that where if you buy one, you get nine free. That means one person on your team takes it, the other nine can take it as well simultaneously or separately, no time limit. And the cool part about it is you can talk about this on your team meetings. You could talk about what did you learn? How are you gonna close more buyers this year? I guarantee you, you take this course you're going to close a multiple of buyer deals just as a result of using these strategies that Carrie Shaw teaches. So to get essentially 90% off, which is buy one, get nine free, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash teams. This offer is only valid for this week only. Next week will be another course. That's hybendigital.com slash teams. Let's talk about some other things because I know you'd written a bunch of stuff down. Uh, some of these, and, and I don't mean to offend you here, but some of these, are, you know, are cliches in a sense. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to get caught up in them. I want to go to some really good stuff here that's going to, you know, impact people that they probably haven't heard before. One of the things that I like that you say here is allow your weaknesses to become your strengths. Tell me about that. What do you mean by that? I, I, a lot of people are being like, "What do you mean?" I mean. If I'm weak, it's if, if I if I'm uncoordinated, I'm not going to play basketball. That's it. So talk to me about this. I think in business, you have to realize you're not going to be great at everything, and you can kid yourself and think that I I can do everything. I can be a, I can micromanage, and all it does is you get frustrated 
and you make mistakes, they can be very, very costly. The thing that I learned really fast, I actually tried to start my own business back in my early 20s and fell on my face. And I realized that I suck at numbers. I'm just, I'm not good at math. I, I struggled in high school with it. I'm a concept guy. So what did I learn? I learned that when I started my own business the second time, you know, in Oklahoma, I hired a really smart accountant, bookkeeper, that knew numbers like the back of her hand. And I've always surrounded myself with good accounting people that now are better, far better than me that do it well. And along the way, even in business, as I've grown now, you know, a team, I think some people are scared to hire people that are smarter than they are in certain, certain fields. But like I, my partner, Dave Sturgeon, uh, you know, who basically helps run my day to day, he's a far better negotiator than me. I think I'm pretty good. He's superior. Doesn't intimidate me because I still come up with the concepts. I've got other people that are, that are fantastic analytical people. I love them. Now, by hiring smarter people than I am, that and I know my weaknesses, I don't try to do what I'm not great at. I stick to my lane. I stick to what I'm great at and let the other people support me. So in that sense, my, 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 my weakness becomes my strength. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I get that. And, I, and, and that's always been easy for me. I've always been looked like if it frustrates me, I won't do it. But I think that <laughs> I'm, I'm not normal. I think most people are like, you know, if it frustrates me, I'm going to learn it. And I'm going to get better at it and I'm going to tackle it. And you, you know what I mean? And, and it, it's just dumb, right? It's just dumb. Um, you know, another interesting thing you, you say is remember people can be like garbage trucks. Talk to me about this. <laughs> There's a, there's a great video. You can actually YouTube it. Just YouTube people, garbage trucks. And I saw it. it it's a great one because it shows this guy ju- jumping in a Uber. The, the, the Uber driver's got to slam on the brakes because a guy like stops in front of him. Guy jumps out of the cars yelling obscenities. And then he's, he waves and smiles. And the guy in the back seat's going, what are you doing? Like, you almost got us killed. And this guy's yelling and finally gets back in the car and drives off. And he's like, why, why were you that way? And, and the driver goes, you know, he said, I found that people are like garbage trucks. Said, huh? Yeah, they drive around and they dump their garbage on people. And sometimes they dump their garbage on you. It could be foul language. It could be giving you the finger. It could be doing a number of things. But the point is you smile. You don't take it personal. You realize that they're just unleashing garbage they picked up from having a frustrating life, having a frustrating day. Don't take it personal, smile and move on. And don't take that garbage and dump that garbage on somebody else. And mm. we've, we've got a policy on our team. Whenever we get a nasty email, a mad email, some people love to sit behind a computer and just bang out their, their meanest statements. Mm-hmm. Don't ever reply to it. Mm. Call them. Mm. I've had so Why? many nasty because... All it does, it gets into a war of words, mm-hmm. emails. When someone's already emotionally charged up, you've got to, de- you've got to really depress down. Yeah, I would, what's the word? You've got to really suppress it a bit yeah. and get it under control. It's much easier to change someone's mood just by, you know, I remember Bible principle, an answer when mild turns away rage, right? When you are mild, it forces somebody to slow down and, and talk calmly. Mm-hmm. But if you said anything you say, well, they will perceive it as being angry, no matter how you frame it. But when you say it in a kind way, in a more mild way, 
hey, look, man, I, you know I love you. You know I didn't mean to, I wouldn't do that to you. Mm. That's a lot easier to calm someone down. Mm. Yeah. Live by it. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's hard to hate. It's much harder to hate up close. You know what I mean. And people people hide behind that computer all the time. It's just dangerous. You know what I mean. It's just dangerous. And and I, I love that. That's great point of view. You know, another thing you said is, um, I mean, it kind of falls into what you were saying is, uh, don't don't stay down or let anger motivate decisions, right? Um, I, I, you know, a guy told me, uh, this morning, actually on a podcast, uh, Chris Voss, he was saying that, uh, he said, you, you know, make a speech when you're angry and it'll be the biggest speech you ever regret. And it's the, and it's so true, right? Like, like, don't, you know, shut, if you're angry, you know, although you're, it feels right to respond verbally and to personally attack because of your anger. It's the absolute wrong thing to do. You know, shut up. Don't talk. Don't respond. Don't email. You know, don't do anything when you're angry. Don't work when you're angry. What I've learned with that very valuable lesson, and I learned this actually right after my last girlfriend before I met my wife. Mm. You actually remember that. Because I remember emailing you a picture of, our, of the night that I proposed, by the yeah, way. I remember so, that, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was allow hard lessons in life to make you better and not bitter. Mm, and yeah, so, say, so channel that energy and say, you know what? Okay, how am I going to get better from this situation? So can I ask you personally, like what, what, you, you know, what happened and what you did about it? How, so, how, are, from, how are you better now? Couple, from from that from the relationship or from other yeah, situations from the relation from that relationship from okay your, so from, from that relationship ex. it hurt man it it hurt me I took it personal it, I was basically she broke playing. up with you she broke up with me because and, and, and she believed lies other people said about me mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. what I did I wrote I, I did the list I wrote pros cons and I wrote on the on the pro list what put it all out there why do I think this could work. But on the other side, why it wouldn't work, but what I'm going to do to get better and improve from this. How am I going to get better out of this? Mm. And, how am I, and what did I do that could have potentially made people say that about me? And how am I going to make sure that doesn't happen again? And that's mm. where it came back with, don't, don't, sp- don't speak when you're mad. Don't, wait, don't channel your emotions to a positive thought and don't respond in negative mm. and become better. So I kind of channeled that then in different phases of life. Even it's funny, even sometimes when, when I know over the years, some clients have lied to me, cheated on me and left me. You know what? They, I think they're, they're curious. Am I going to run out and try to get their biggest competitor? And I don't. So if I happen to know somebody in that market, I, I'd like to work with them. Now I have the opportunity to, but I don't spend all that time trying to go out and find uh, somebody to replace somebody out of spite to say, see, told you so, that's not me. Because you know what? Because I could spend all that energy, but I'd rather spend that energy going out to find the right person for us that's a good cultural fit that might be in a different area, might be a different city, might be somewhere else. But you know what? To me, I'd rather become better and say, how can I, how can I become better than this? How can I show that? How can I make improvement? 
off of what I'm doing and add more value. Yes, I, would, I think that I think that pertains to a lot of agents. Um, you know, particularly like let's say a listing agent gets beat, or let's say a listing agent gets beat three times in the same year by the same competitor, right? Their arch nemesis. Uh, you know, again, they they could spend time trying to better their presentation to beat them the fourth time that they go up against them, or they can spend time trying to find clients that might not necessarily be just interviewing five agents, you know, that might just interview only them and, and their life will be a lot easier. That's kind of what you're saying, right? You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that, Pat, because, you know, if you, if you look at any given market, if you add it up, say, let's say Baltimore, for example, let's pick on, say, five agents that are doing over 200 units. You added all those up. You probably have maybe 10% market share, would you say, approximately? But what does that say? That says that 90% of people are doing business. And nobody with, has 10. I mean, 10, if someone has 10% market share, they got 10% market share. Uh, like a well, what I'm talking about is if, yeah. if, if you add it up, like the biggest players. Right? Yeah, yeah. Not add even the, that. Maybe three. Not, three, not even three, that. Three. Yeah, not, not even but the, that. There's so the so many is, listings out there, you know? The, the biggest threat is not the big player. In Houston, Lance Logan is not the target. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, um, you know, I've told that to agents before. They're like, such and such has the market. They've got every listing. I go, yeah, well, oh, how many lists? Let's look at it. How many listings are there? Oh, there's, you know, 4,000. I make. I had this conversation like two weeks ago, literally with an agent. I said, how many, look it up right now. How many listings? They're like 4,000. It's like, how many listings does this person that they're talking about that they can't stand has? And they're like, you know, whatever it is, a couple hundred, right? Listings, which is a lot for an agent. I'm like, I'm like, dude, do the math. It's like, you know, two and a half percent. I was like, there's 97 and a half percent that listings that are with another agent. You're, it's just your perception. You, you think you see them everywhere, but if, if you're actually paying attention to all the signs out there, there's all these little agents that are, that get listings. You want to know the quickest way to make, and, and I think the trait you said about what's a good, you know, a traits of a winner. I look at guys that, are, that continually grow like Lance Logan, like Rob Dukansky, and they get this, is the quickest way to humble yourself is to take, take, your, take your market share. Even I look at Amy Wien, it's one of my clients in Iowa, Cedar Falls, Iowa. She has about, I think, 27.5% market share. She does 600 transactions in a market of you know, 30,000, 40,000 people, right? But even she will tell you, turn that number around. That means that, 73% of that market is not work. Two, three out of four people aren't working with her. That's what about all those people? Mm. There's still a lot more room to grow. Lance will tell you he only has two and a half percent market share in Houston. Sells 2,500 homes, 3,000 homes. But he'll tell you, I'm only doing two and a half percent market share. That means that 97% of this market isn't working with me. I got, I got room to grow. Yeah, or if you're an agent that's like, you know, wanting it to bust in on a market, right? You know, yeah. like you look at the numbers and really do them on a percentage basis before you decide, oh, I can't, I can't start marketing that neighborhood because Sally Smithereens, uh, you know, has, ha has had that market locked up for 10 years. You know, every sign is hers. Well, look at it for real. Every sign is not hers. You know what I mean? That's just your hallucination. Yep. 
Very true. And and there's room to grow, room to be the second person. Room. Avis always tries harder, right? So you know, be Avis, not Hurts. That's. I like it. That's good. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reed, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Pat Hyben. And before we jump back into today's content, I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer from an extraordinary company. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators. Marketing assistants, I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week, we're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled scaling your business with virtual professionals so you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything it's called scaling your business with virtual professionals and you can get it real easy all you got to do is text the word hyben h-i-b-a-n to 31996 that's h-i-b-a-n to 31996 and download your free book scaling your business with virtual professionals and don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book thank you guys and I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my outdesk So another thing you say is the most effective policies come with a system. What the, what does that mean? 
I love that. That's one of my favorite lessons. In fact, part of our team culture is I tell people from the get-go, you're going to make a mistake. I've made mistakes. Everyone in this team has made a mistake. But what I found over the years is when you do make a mistake is rather than just come to you and say, hey, I'm sorry, is ask yourself, what system can I put in place to make sure this mistake won't happen again? And when I've done that with clients, it, it's very well received because it's going to step beyond. It's not just saying, you know, I'm going to say I'm sorry and then, I, and then I'm going to do it again sometime or I'm going to try harder. But it's going to say, you know what, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen again because I'm going to put this system in place to make sure that I'm going to catch this before it becomes a problem. And so the quickest way to get fired on our team mm. is to come and say, well, I don't know what I would do differently next time. And you know what, I'm just going to try harder. <laughs> I hear that say so you know what I'm sorry that's just you know that's that's not acceptable because wow. all that's saying is is that it's going to happen again but mm. rather you know look I, I really I really truly want to find a solution and most people they never say that they don't hear that hmm. like wow like he cared enough about this to really give thought as to what will make sure this won't happen again because in honesty people want two things they want you to own up to it Mm-hmm. And they want to, they want you to tell me what can, why don't tell me why I won't have to worry about this happening again. It's really what people want. It's what I right. want. Why, why won't I have to worry about this happening again? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so let, I want to talk to you about, you know, you've been doing this 15 years, Matt, and you've seen a lot of change. You've seen, you know, um, what people responded to 15 years ago, what they're responding to now, what are sellers, because I know you mainly go after sellers, um, what are sellers responding to now that they weren't 15 years ago or what has changed or has anything changed? Is it all the same? I think what's interesting is that Zillow proved what we've been doing for 15 years. You what know, do you mean? We were, what, uh, I, I'm going to elaborate. <laughs> I will leave you hanging. So, you know, we would push guaranteed sale a lot. As you know, that was, a, and for some people, they said, absolutely, no, I could never do that. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's deceptive, blah, 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 right? Meanwhile, our agents are making a killing off it because people, but now that you have, you have all these iBuyer companies, you have Zillow doing instant offer. Well, what did they, why, why is Zillow offering to buy homes? Because Zillow said, you know what? 30% of, they figured out that 30% of people would respond if they raised their hand and said, we'll buy your house. They'll, they'll get a response from people. And 70% of those people will wind up buying homes within, within three months, will sell their home. So that's why they're making that big push. So we were right all along. That, that gets the immediate business. But I think what is important now that we're really working on with our agents now is, okay, we got that, and we've already got that that aspect figured out. What our game plan now is to figure out other innovative ways to get to that seller before they're thinking of selling their home. Get to them before they make that decision, because when they make that decision, that's when Zillow has an advantage. So that's does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, and 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 again, it's kind of like well, it's like seeing the big picture. Right. And, and everybody's going to use it now that Keller Williams is doing instant offers and, 
you know, and, and, and all the major brokerages, you're going to start seeing do instant offers as well. They're really not looking to be a commercial flipper and neither is Zillow. You know, they're really looking to get leads, right? Yes. Like you said, I mean, that's, that's it. Doesn't matter what everybody says. Oh, it's a bait and switch. Oh, it's cheesy. Oh, you know, doesn't, doesn't matter. This, we want leads. This is how we're going to get them. Yeah. And I'll tell you the other thing that I think has changed is I think people have a very, it used to be years ago that people would pick up the phone and call if they were interested. And I've had both Bob Pittman, the CEO of iHeartMedia, Greg Ashlock, who manages all the market managers in every market. We had him at Mastermind again this year. Um, both of them, they both said the exact same thing. People will choose convenience over quality. Make it convenient. In fact, it's funny. I finally got Greer Allen. I've been telling him for years at Boomtown to, to develop a better seller site. Finally, he's making, his guys are making steps to do that because the problem is if you're going to a website and you want to sell your home, I, you look at like OfferPad, Opendoor, their websites are clean, easy to read, easy to use. And you know what? It's convenient. And people would rather, they, they, they would rather take the easy route fill it out and leave, then to have to try to find you, find a phone number, find a search form, they don't have time. And I think people assume that people are spending more time. The other thing is they want to do their homework. Now at the information age, you can read up on, on people. In fact, it was really interesting. We're, there's a big major conference next week, a tech conference, and I'm sending my digital gal to it. And she was doing her homework in advance. She, she called me yesterday. She goes, Matt, you won't believe this. She said, they're actually seeing now that people look at Facebook and LinkedIn before they even go to a website. They're doing their homework socially. Mm. So the more you can help people do their homework before they contact you, that's critical. Years ago when we started, all you had to do is you know, stick a sign in the yard, have a good ad, and get people to reach out to you. Now you've really got to be positioned well, more better than ever. Google, Google is the new yellow pages. So why do you think, this is curious, this is a great question, and I love these in-depth questions, and there's only so many people on the planet I can actually have them with, so I appreciate <laughs> you, you talking about this. So I know, I, I, you know, I met a guy that worked at Boomtown. His whole, his, one of his, his job was to create that, this, the seller platform, and it failed. This was, you know, eight years ago, let's say. I don't know what the year was, but whatever. It was in the past, and in, 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 and now it sounds like they're picking it up again, right? So they trashed the tech debt was huge on it and they trashed it. Now they're picking it up again. Other people have tried to do this, right? I mean, there's so many services and a lot of them are starting to go out of business, right? Of, that are buyer lead services, buyer follow-up services, all these services for buyer leads. Very few, if any, you know, go after the seller leads, and, and, and so my question is, Matt, why do you think it, what, what is so hard about it? Why, did, why couldn't somebody do this 15 years ago, you know, when every, all these companies started coming out trying to get buyer leads? What is it? I think people assume that real estate is all about sticking a sign in the yard and waiting for someone to call them. And it takes more effort. It takes, you have to bring value. And you've actually got to show, you've got to be able to come with a good marketing plan. I remember I asked Jay Kinder one time, what would be the one, if you were selling your house and you knew you couldn't do it, 
what question would you ask your agent to see if they were worth their weight in gold? And he said, you know what I'd ask him? What's your system for attracting buyers? Most agents don't have a system. They figure stick a sign in the yard, put in the MLS. They're not thinking of how they're going to get the home sold. Yeah. I, I would probably debate you on that. I think a lot of it, you know, at the end of the day, it is a bait and switch. You know what I mean? Lance Loken, a lot of these guys that you mentioned, at the end of the day, if you analyze their businesses, um, it, it, you price it right, you put in an MLS and it sells. Um, That's true, no, but you also want no to get exposure. Also. You do yeah, want to get yeah. you, And the seller, given the choice, if all commissions were the same, and the seller had nothing, and, and so you know what I mean. Like if there was here's, nothing an, here's an analogy. Now think of this: if you were going to sell, and I've used this actually on the radio before, if you're going to sell your car, would you take it to a used car lot and stick it on a lot with five junkers? You you might put a great price on it, but if you could bring it to a dealership that had hundreds of, of brand new cars, they spent a lot of dough advertising, pulling buyers in, and now you sold it on consignment. Where would you have a better? Where would the odds be better of selling it? No, I. Yep, it would be better at Carmax. That's it. Oh, it'd be better at Carmax. You'd say that the uh, the lowball used car lot. Oh, if I want, yeah, if I want to, if well, I guess it depends. It goes back to that convenience, right? Because anybody that, that gets an iBuyer deal, any seller that gets an iBuyer deals, selling their house on the cheap. Right. So it's the same thing. You're going to CarMax, you're selling your house on the cheap. Right, exactly. Um, but if you want to, if you didn't have a ability to, to sell it on the cheap or you wanted top dollar for it, would you want to put it at an auction with one person in attendance or 100 persons in attendance? Exactly. That's, that's kind of what you're saying. So I, I exactly agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, but going back to the question, like it doesn't really, like it doesn't, no one can really has, and I and I hope Boomtown comes up with it. But no, maybe there just is no really good way to, or effective way financially to get agents listings inexpensively and quickly. Maybe radio and television is is it, right? I mean, and, and there's no tech that really, like, I could pay money like I do Zillow and say, I don't want any buyer leads. I only want people that are going to list. Okay. Now I kind of get where you're going with this and what your, what your question is with it. And ultimately at the end of the day, people buy houses on the internet. They don't buy a house because of the agent, right? hundred percent. When they want to choose who's going to be the person to sell my home, that's where they're making a choice. Yes. So what it really becomes down to is, how do you, the agent, get the attention of that person to tell them your story yes. enough to motivate them? Is there a digital say, you know platform what? that you know of that can do that effectively? That, that, that's, that's the, that's the million-dollar question people are asking and trying to figure out because they're trying to do it on the cheap. But what people figured out, and this is actually what Bob Pittman shared last year, was that there were companies that came in, not real estate-related, but general um, companies, big spenders, that thought, you know what, if we bought digital really cheap, we're going we're gonna to make millions because we're going we're gonna to reach the same people. That's why people have said now that now the internet is, is the new, your phone is your new remote control, it's your new TV. So they've tried to do that. But what they found was if people, 
if there's nothing to drive to the top of the funnel, the, the, the internet is the funnel, right? But if you don't know why you're clicking on something, if you don't know the story, you're not going to do it. You see this on Shark Tank all the time. They've got a good product, but what do they tell them? You need education about this product to motivate somebody to grab it off the shelf. If you can't motivate somebody, just looking at that on the shelf is not exciting. Looking at agents, all of these agents in a row, they're not exciting. I sold 500 homes. Who cares? Maybe those were new construction homes. They were, maybe they were just you know by chance. How do I know what you're going to do for me to sell my home? That's where the education comes into play. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the hard part because, you know, there's such a huge value proposition, Will, with an instant offer, right? Right. Like I, I visualize myself, I'm on Facebook, right? I live in, say, River Hill, right? Some agent has paid money to get an endorsement uh, with radio and television experts, Rascal Flats dude pointing to me saying, you know, use Pat, right? So there's social proof there. Then underneath it says, an offer on your home within five minutes, right? I'm going to click that sucker, right? So I, I think people should be doing more of that. And in real estate, the commissions are big enough to substantiate spending big money on ads to do that. Now, there's some industries where you're selling a, a $25 t-shirt. Probably doesn't make sense to do that. But I'll say I'll add this to the deal to, to, to the mix on that. Gary Lebox did okay for us. Barbara Corcoran's been our home run. And I think part of the reason for that on TV, radio, we've been able to tell the story re regularly to people where it's in their head. Now they know why they're clicking on the button. But Barbara's been able to get away with both on digital media as well as on TV because she's in the real estate space. You believe it when you see that Barbara is an investor in real estate. You believe that. And because of that, yeah, if she's recommended one agent in a market, I, I would believe her because I believe that she's a sharp investor. She's not going to put her name on a, on a half-baked realtor. So that's also the factor of an endorsement. Why it's so important to pick the right match is because you want somebody that you believe really does know the product. And, and she has a likability factor too. You know what I mean? She's like, she's like Ellen. You know what I mean? That yep. the, the lovers far outweigh the haters. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I mean, That's there's true. some people they could go, they could have just as many haters as they do lovers, you know? Um, and <laughs> she, she's not one. I think she's very likable. I think she, I think her O'Leary and Cuban are the three most popular sharks. Mm -hmm. I know that because they all share the same attorney. Oh, is that right? Jeez, true. must be busy. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah. for Shark Tank, right? So they all they all have the same guy negotiating for them. So they'll always that those three you'll always see on Shark Tank. Huh. Interesting. Fascinating. Well, Matt, this has been a blast, buddy. I mean, we could keep going and going and going. And I appreciate <laughs> you sharing what you've shared. I want to talk a little bit about your free gift. I see you've uploaded it already. Uh, everybody that comes on the show uh, gets, gives a free gift that uh, that all our listeners can get. I'm going to put this guy's on hybendigital.com backslash Matt Wagner 3, M-A-T-T, Wagner, and the number three, because this is his third time on the show. Uh, what's your free gift, Matt? I, I actually wrote down the top 20, top, I said top 10 on this, but they're actually top 20, lessons learned in scaling a business from a, a good idea to seven figures. Because mm -hmm. I, got, I run into a lot of people. I have a lot of vendors at my mastermind or wannabe vendors that, I kind of give them guidance before I let them become a vendor. 
because there's a lot of people that start out with good ideas and they always ask me, what advice would you give me? What could I do now? So I've kind of put that down, but a lot of those same principles even apply to, to, to building a real estate business. There's a lot of little lessons you can learn along the way in building a team that could, pe- that could and, they, and all of these things are things, they're not just the Matt Wagner original. They're things that I've learned from <laughs> Tony Robbins to Damon John to Barbara to a, to a number all, of different to mentors. hundreds and hundreds of real estate agents. Exactly. Exactly. So and dealing and, with them. And guys, we went over, you know, five or six of them here, but if you want all 20, it's going to be on hybendigital.com backslash Matt Wagner three. Check out his other two episodes too, man. They're brilliant. I'm going to put all of Matt's contact information. I want to reach out to him, follow him on social media. You want to check out uh, what he's doing and his company. Talk to him about, you know, some killer radio and television spots, how to totally explode your listing inventory. He's the guy. Thank you. That's, I, I, I never... I never take that, never take compliments for granted. Appreciate every one of them. And, and you've been very gracious over the years, Pat. I appreciate that. My pleasure, man. And listen, um, now that I know you're in Manhattan, um, <laughs> I will definitely, um, uh, next, time I, next time I am in New York City, I'll look you up and we'll definitely get together. I love it. I love it. Very cool. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe, 
and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.